is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for February 25th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, coming to you live, as always, from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. It is a chilly one. Very, very chilly one here on the East Coast, man. But WWE seems to think that they're heating things up on the road to WrestleMania. It looks like WrestleMania, and I mean this with every every pumping blood vessel in my heart. This may be the absolute worst WrestleMania that WWE has ever produced in 38 years. And there's been some pretty shitty WrestleManias, man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. WrestleMania 32, ring a bell. What about WrestleMania 27? WWE is out of their fucking mind. They are absolutely out of their mind, man. Now, nothing happened on tonight's show outside of the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns major news. That's WWE confirmed today, which we will get into in just a second. But Pat McAfee made an announcement tonight. That Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show is going to have in studio Vince McMahon next week. This apparently is more than just an interview. This is actually going to set up A WrestleMania match, per se, or a storyline, I don't know if it's actually going to be a match. I can't see 76-year-old Vince McMahon stepping foot in a ring and actually competing. He looks like a fucking corpse. I can't tell the difference between Vince McMahon and fucking one of the skinwalkers on The Walking Dead. Can't do it. It's physically impossible. I hope to God this is setting up a storyline where both guys are managing someone a la the McMahon and Donald Trump fiasco all those many years ago at WrestleMania, where everybody is excited about this match, and it's real hyped up, and both guys are merely cornermen for their chosen performers that do battle at WrestleMania. This news dropped after SmackDown went off the air, and uh, I didn't know whether to laugh or or legitimately cry, because WWE constantly 
every single day, every single week, shits on the word wrestling and its true meaning. There's a major storyline with Vince McMahon that is set to begin next week ahead of WrestleMania 38. Post-wrestling is reporting that Vince McMahon is expected to start a storyline with Pat McAfee and it will conclude at WrestleMania 38. Now, you may not like him. You may not care about him. You may think he's a prick. You may think he's a fucking asshole who is nothing more than a troll and a goddamn hater. But this news actually came first from Brad Shepard. And I know that name doesn't really ring a bell to, to, to most of you in the chat or in the community, but Brad Shepard is somebody that has legit sources. And he reported this earlier this week that Vince McMahon may be getting back in the ring at WrestleMania. Post-wrestling is a legit site and a legit post-wrestling show that covers all of the happenings within WWE and AEW. They reported this and backed up Brad Shepard's report. This story has also been confirmed by John Pollock. Pollock stated that a source with knowledge of the situations said that Vince McMahon would be doing something at Mania and whatever is planned would most likely be billed as an official match. Now, it was announced on Friday Night SmackDown tonight that McMahon would be appearing on the Pat McAfee show next Thursday. The 76-year-old Vince McMahon hasn't wrestled since his 2010 match with Bret the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania in 2010. The last major physical thing he did was a few years ago where he took a legit headbutt from Kevin Owens. He also had a bad brawl, but not an actual match with CM Punk in 2012. Just speculating. This is all just speculation. But I might, I might be okay if this leads to both men being corner men at WrestleMania and not in an actual match. That's just me speculating because I I, I refuse to believe that Vince McMahon's going to get in the ring. I, I want to think, and I want to throw it out there, that I think they're, they're both going to be corner men. But I don't know if that's legitimately the case. I don't. It is very difficult to envision Vince McMahon getting dressed to be in the ring, and Vince McMahon at 76 years old, to get in the ring and actively fucking compete. WrestleMania is already a fucking embarrassment. And now Vince McMahon is possibly adding himself to the show. Now, I don't know. I don't know. We all know Vince McMahon is doing something with Austin Theory. Austin Theory's been on TV with Vince McMahon for several weeks now. Pat McAfee is the SmackDown color commentator alongside Michael Cole. The last time Michael Cole was in a ring as an announcer was with Jerry the King Lawler. So we can put that shit to bed. It's not going to be McAfee versus Michael Cole. I've seen some people joking around about that. Please, for the love of God, no. No. Nobody wants to see Michael Cole in a fucking wrestling ring. It's not going to have anything to do with them at WrestleMania. And Corey Graves was just recently cleared from in, for, for recently cleared for in-ring competition. He just got cleared. He's not going to be in the ring against Pat McAfee. You could put that shit to bed. Those are two things that I don't think are ever going to happen. 
Austin Theory has been on TV in a role with Vince McMahon. Pat McAfee, the last time Pat McAfee wrestled was in NXT when things were okay. It wasn't really great, but things were okay. Triple H was semi-in charge, somewhat in charge. The last time Pat McAfee was in the ring was against Adam Cole, baby. And that was at a takeover show. And I was fucking genuinely floored at how good Pat McAfee came off in that match. Now, he's in the ring with Adam Cole, who's one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet. So if Cole couldn't lead him to a good match, then I don't think anybody was going to lead him to a good match. But Pat, but Pat McAfee, he, he thrived in that match. He, he did fantastic in that match. He blew everybody away. I was one of the most vocal detractors there about Pat McAfee, and I ate my own words, and I, I'm not really afraid to admit I was wrong there. So if Pat McAfee's getting in the ring and he actually wants to wrestle somebody that knows how to fucking wrestle, I don't, I don't like it. I'm not for it because we are getting way too much of that at WrestleMania right now. But Pat McAfee is better than a fucking Ronda Rousey. Pat McAfee's better than a Johnny Knoxville. Pat McAfee is better than any of these D-list celebrities that they want to bring in here and actually step foot in the ring. Johnny Knoxville, I'll get to him in a second. He's got a match tonight. If you're probably wondering, well, J.D., why did you mention Johnny Knoxville? He's not going to be at WrestleMania in a wrestling role. He absolutely is. He challenged Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title tonight. So Pat McAfee, if he wants to be in the ring and wrestling, I'm not in favor of it. But Pat McAfee, is not, uh, he's not an embarrassment. He's not going to go out there and embarrass himself. He's a fucking athlete. The thing that I am envisioning here, the thing that I'm envisioning here is, and, and I know this might have been something that was discussed as far as Austin Theory is concerned. If it's Austin Theory taking the role of the protege of Vince McMahon, I could see something happening on the Pat McAfee show where Pat McAfee gets involved and it ends up being Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Because right now, Austin Theory doesn't have a, a clear shot to WrestleMania. There's really nothing for him to do. I, I envision maybe if they built him up and they gave him some really nice momentum and built him up through wins and consistency, I could see him challenging for the United States Championship. But they think so highly of Austin Theory that they want to do something a little bit more with him. I just can't envision Vince McMahon being in the ring wrestling against Pat McAfee. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Why would Vince McMahon want to wrestle Pat McAfee? And why would Pat McAfee want to wrestle Vince McMahon? I don't get it. So the rumor about this, I pray to God, is not what everybody is coming to with these conclusions. I'm going to say here that I have full faith in WWE. Now, that is a rarity. That is a rarity. You know, Vince McMahon wants to be on the show in some way, shape, or form because without the McMahons, they feel like WrestleMania is incomplete. Nobody needs to see Vince McMahon wrestle. The guy doesn't even want to be on fucking camera. He, he wants to be in the ring wrestling at WrestleMania? Kind of goes against what the guy is about at 76 years old. He doesn't do any interviews. He doesn't come on camera. He doesn't like being on camera. He hates the fans. He hates everybody. So why would he want to be in the fucking ring? 
He knows he can't do it anymore. So why is the story about Vince getting in the ring? WWE made a huge adjustment to the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania. They made it a unification match. Shocking, I know. That is a major, rare W for WWE. And I'll take it. Because that's the way this match needs to be. Otherwise, there's no sense in this match happening. There's no sense in one guy having two belts and then not having a unification match to go along with it. We don't need double champions. We need a unification match, one title, and the other gets fucking retired. That's exactly what I've been pitching for the last several weeks. And we're finally getting it. They made that decision all by themselves. They pulled up their fucking pants today. They got their diapers changed. They're ready to go. WWE creative. So I want to say, if they came to that decision, which was not hard at all, this one is not hard either. Vince is not getting in the ring. I'm predicting that right now. I think it's going to be Austin Theory against Pat McAfee, and something happens on the show where Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon get into a back and forth about something. I don't know what it may be. And we get Pat McAfee against Austin Theory. My other thought was, maybe they do bring in Cody Rhodes. Maybe they do bring in Cody Rhodes. Maybe it's Pat McAfee versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Being that Pat McAfee already kind of insinuated that Cody Rhodes was on his way into WWE and said that Cody Rhodes went and did something with his little buddies on Wednesday night and it was fucking terrible. And who cares if Cody Rhodes is coming into WWE? That was my other thought. But the thought of Austin Theory works better with Vince McMahon, being that Austin Theory's been on TV with Vince McMahon and has progressed the storyline with Vince McMahon. That makes more sense to me. But what's the bigger draw? Is it going to be Pat McAfee on the show against Austin Theory? Or is it going to be Pat McAfee versus Cody Rhodes? And then we get Pat McAfee, Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, and Cody Rhodes is wrestling on behalf of Vince McMahon. Or maybe Cody Rhodes is wrestling on behalf of Pat McAfee. I don't fucking know. But I honestly think it could be either one of those two guys. It could be Cody versus Theory. It could be Cody versus McAfee. It could be whatever the case may be. I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. There's a couple of different ways to go about it, but I don't think Vince McMahon's going to factor into this. In fact, Cody versus Austin Theory isn't that bad of an idea. It's not that bad of an idea. Austin Theory is his guy, Vince McMahon's guy, and then Pat McAfee brings in Cody Rhodes, an outsider. That's pretty, that's pretty intriguing there. That's probably the least likely of the situations. Cody Rhodes versus Pat McAfee. Vince McMahon brings in Cody Rhodes introduces Cody back to the WWE Universe against Pat McAfee. They have a, a, a great match at WrestleMania. Or we just get Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Pat McAfee's wrestling for himself while Vince McMahon's in the corner of Austin Theory. Vince is not wrestling at WrestleMania. Vince is in no way, shape, or form fit to be in the ring. He can't even walk down to the fucking ring itself. The guy looks like a walking fucking corpse. He can barely fucking speak, and when he does, you can barely fucking hear him. He's almost inaudible at times. Yet you want to put this guy in the ring? That's the news. That's the news. None of it sounds good. None of it sounds good. There's too many of this one-off happening for WrestleMania. A lot of fluff on this WrestleMania card. 
Knoxville versus Sami Zayn was all but confirmed tonight with that attack by Sami Zayn on Johnny Knoxville. That is fucking atrocious. Ronda Rousey, speaking of corpses, sounds like a fucking corpse. Lifeless. I can't tell the difference between a fucking body laying on a goddamn table at the morgue or Ronda Rousey. I can't tell the difference. Lifeless against Charlotte Flair. Give me a fucking shot of something to ease the goddamn pain. Then you got the Lesnar and Reigns thing, which is the only thing that's happening at WrestleMania that I legitimately fucking care about. They announced Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. I mean, this WrestleMania is looking like the drizzling fucking shits right now. Holy shit. Does this WrestleMania look awful? But that's the news there about Vince McMahon. It was announced that Pat McAfee is going to be in studio with Vince McMahon next Thursday. And we're going to get something that's happening on SmackDown on Friday. SmackDown next week is a loaded show. So if this angle takes place on Thursday, more than likely it will bleed into Friday. And then there's two championship matches next week on SmackDown. Along with Ronda Rousey wrestling, Sonya Deville next week in the main event. So SmackDown is absolutely a loaded, loaded show. The other thing that happened tonight, and I'm genuinely fucking shocked that they made this decision. I I really am. WWE announced before SmackDown that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania night two, main event, which we all kind of know was going to happen. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey was already announced as night one's main event. Boring. Boring. I may dip out before the main event just to set up the live stream that night a little bit early. Nobody gives a shit. But they did announce today, along with the other announcements of the night one and night two main events, that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Universal title versus WWE Championship, will be a winner-take-all title versus title and unification match. Meaning that whoever wins this is unifying both belts into one. This is absolutely the way to go. I would even say downright brilliant of WWE to be doing this. Brilliant. Not only does it make me want to see it more, it makes me excited for what possibly is going to happen. Now, I don't want to give these fucking people the benefit of the doubt. My positivity has already reached max levels for WWE just based off this fucking announcement. I don't want to give them any more benefit of the doubt, man. They don't deserve it. This show was atrocious tonight, as usual with SmackDown. But it does raise my eyebrows, and it makes my ears perk up when I see in unification. I'm like, did they actually go and... Change it? Did they actually make the right decision? Do we get a brand split ending? I would like to think so. I would like to think so. They've been operating with two world champions on two separate brands for many years now. It doesn't work. SmackDown's roster looks like the minor league fucking system. They don't look like a major league wrestling promotion. Rematch after rematch after rematch. We saw the third fucking New Day and Los Lotharios match in as many weeks tonight. Zaya Lee wrestled Natalia for the first time since the WWE draft back in October when she was actually drafted to SmackDown on Friday night. 
Sasha Banks wrestled Shotzi Blackheart rematch. Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre was announced for WrestleMania. Just by that alone, you can tell that SmackDown and their roster is fucking garbage. Drew McIntyre, by the way, wrestled Matt Cat Moss, who we just wrestled last Saturday, at, ex- at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. This show is fucking in the dumps, as far as roster is concerned. Their roster is absolutely garbage. There's nothing new, exciting, or fresh about their roster. So merging the rosters and ending the brand split should happen by the hands of Roman Reigns. He said it tonight. It's all his. This is all his. Everything in WWE is his. And I've been calling for this for weeks, months. I've been calling for this. Roman Reigns wins both titles, retires the Universal Championship because nobody's beating him this year and there's no sense to keep the title on him. He's beaten everybody. Beating everybody on SmackDown, at least. There may be one or two floating around on Monday Night Raw that he hasn't beaten yet. But retire the Universal Championship and claim the WWE title as the biggest title in the company. It's been a long time. WWE's been operating as the Universal Championship being the biggest title and most important title in the company just based on who it, 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 it is around the waist of. Just who, who owns it, who, who holds the title. They, they, they base the importance off the title on who has it. The WWE Championship and the lineage of that championship is far greater than the Universal Championship. So Roman Reigns is going to retire as the Universal Champion because he's smashed them all. It makes sense. And then The Rock comes out, challenges Roman at WrestleMania next year, and we got that one-year build between Roman and Dwayne. But does the brand split end? I don't think WWE is going to end the brand split. I think they're actually afraid to end the brand split. But it should be ended. And there are still some people out there that don't think the brand split is going to help the WWE. I'm sorry, how how dumb are you? I I don't understand how people don't think ending the brand split is actually going to help the the fucking shows. These people think that ending the brand split is going to make the shows worse. Let me tell you something. You can't get worse than what SmackDown is Right now, if you're okay with SmackDown right now, you're a complete fucking moron. And I mean that. You don't know jack shit. Don't even know why the fuck you're here or watching the goddamn show. Ending the brand split will save SmackDown. While we're at it, one world title, one women's title, one set of tag team titles. No point in having any of these titles times two. Do I think they go to those lengths? Of course not. That would require too much work from Vince and Bruce. And you know they're fucking lazy. But this is the best decision possible. The absolute best decision possible for the WWE. I don't want to hear anything from anybody. Roman is going to be the tribal chief legitimately when he unifies both of those titles. And the brand split should come to an end. I am shocked they made that decision. Because I expected them to go into this with title versus title and Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion, winner take all, and we get Roman carrying both belts around. There's no point in Roman carrying both belts around. None. None. The likely scenario here is Roman will unify the world championships 
there'll be one world champion, and then whoever the champion is is going to float between Raw and SmackDown because they don't have enough contenders at the top to really warrant a second world championship. That's exactly what they're going to do. Roman is going to float between Raw and SmackDown, so Raw and SmackDown both get a little dose of Roman. That show could use it, Monday Night Raw. The ratings are in the fucking mud every single week, and that's their line of thinking. Ending the brand split's too much work for them. So they rather overexpose Roman Reigns on Monday and Friday night, and whoever is feuding with Roman Reigns will probably end up on both Monday and Friday night, and whoever he beats month by month That is going to be a rotation of guys. They'll both be appearing on Raw and SmackDown to sell their feud. So it kind of ends the brand split, but then it kind of doesn't at the same time because you're going to get Raw guys on SmackDown. You're going to get SmackDown guys on Raw, and WWE will never own to ending the brand split. I don't know why they won't. It makes complete sense to end the fucking brand split. I don't want to hear about Fox or, or USA or NBC Universal. They don't know jack shit. I'm tired of catering to the goddamn TV networks and listening to them on how to better the fucking show. Why don't you listen to the fucking fans on how to better the show? Or maybe, maybe, if you guys know what the fuck you're doing, it doesn't take that, diff- that, that much work. It's not that difficult to figure out what to do. I just gave you a list of things that should be done, and everything flowed out of my mouth without a goddamn stutter. That's exactly what needs to be done. In theory, it sounds fucking fantastic. I'd watch SmackDown with a goddamn smile on my face. I'm not saying I won't complain because WWE creative sucks, but my goodness, would the show look drastically different if you got Raw and SmackDown combined? They're already not pushing half the fucking roster. So why are we waiting for WWE to give a chance to people that haven't gotten an opportunity yet? They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So you might as well use some of the top-tier guys on Friday night and give us some goddamn storytelling. Give us a great show. I know they're capable of it. Why are they coming off as incapable of writing a good show and using the fucking talent that they got? It needs to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen because WWE is just, at the end of the day, way too lazy. We're going to get into SmackDown tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into Rampage. Thank you guys so much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. We got 1,900 in the venue. You know, I hate, I hate that Friday nights is the slowest night of the week, man. Is SmackDown that terrible? That we only got 18, 1,900 people in the venue. On Wednesday, we had 2,600 people in the venue. For AEW Dynamite. But people tell me AEW's dying and people don't want to watch it. Monday Night Raw, I had 2,800 people in the venue. Got a thousand less tonight for SmackDown. Is SmackDown that terrible? It, pre- it probably is. You guys even think the same way I do, man. That's why I love it. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Try and get that thumbs up to a thousand. I need a thousand likes minimum on today's OTS live for SmackDown and Rampage. Make sure you guys go check out today's Off the Script episode 416. We dive deep into the Cesaro walking away from WWE. 
You guys wanted my thoughts on Cesaro? I gave it to you. It's live on the channel right now. Go and check it out. Episode 416 of the podcast. The WWE has lost their Swiss Superman as Cesaro leaves WWE. Also talk about the major announcements from Tony Khan and AEW that's happening on Wednesday. Major announcement coming. I give my thoughts on what it could possibly be and does it revolve around Cody Rhodes? So go check that out. It's on the homepage right now if you missed it from earlier this afternoon. Also, Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite post shows are on the homepage as well if you guys missed those live streams earlier in the week. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Script. And today's sponsor, my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPTS20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. You guys know that they got the Lawnmower 4.0, but... It is now packaged in the Ultra Premium Collection. Make sure you guys go and get that. 20% off. They got cologne. They got body wash. They got shampoo. You name it, man. I need you guys to look your best, smell your best, and feel your best. And the only way to do that right now is with Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. We'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show. Code script 20 at Manscaped.com. Let's get into SmackDown, guys. Michael Cole was already in the ring with a microphone, and he welcomes Rowdy Ronda Rousey. It's a Friday night SmackDown. Cole asked Ronda Rousey why she decided to return at the Royal Rumble after being gone for three years. Oh, well, um, I, uh, I broke my hand. And uh, I went to rehab. And then after that, I broke my other hand. And then I got pregnant. But I knew I wanted to return to WWE after giving birth. And I wanted to punch my ticket to the main event of WrestleMania, which will be my second main event in WrestleMania. And I did. And I'm going to WrestleMania. (laughs) Ronda Rousey sounds as lifeless as I just did there. I gave you just a little glimpse of her promo on what she said. And Ronda Rousey is as lifeless and dull as a fucking basket of empty dishes that is laying in the goddamn sink. In fact, I would actually think the dishes with all the crumminess and the pasta sauce residue and the fucking dirty water, the soaps and suds, is a little bit more entertaining and lively than Ronda Rousey. Seriously. This woman does not know how to cut a fucking promo. And and to be quite honest with you, she's going to kill the entire vibe of this WrestleMania main event. I don't know how anybody could listen to this woman speak And get excited about her main event at WrestleMania with Charlotte Flair, who is equally as fucking terrible on the microphone. More charismatic than Ronda Rousey, but that's not really, that's not really saying much. 
She's got her own fucking problems. I am main eventing WrestleMania against Rowdy Ronda Rousey. You are a fraud, Ronda. You came back and this is my kingdom. One sounds like a fucking android right off the conveyor belt and the other sounds like, oh, well, I punched my ticket to WrestleMania and I broke both of my hands and I decided to get knocked up. That's your WrestleMania main event on night one, folks. Wow. Such exhilarating fucking excitement going into WrestleMania, man. I don't know whether to bring my fucking alcoholic beverage with a smile on my face or my fucking NyQuil with my goddamn pillow. Get them out of the fucking ring. This is your main event? This is your main event. I had a better main event last night after a fucking nice steak dinner. That's what I fucking did. Went right to the bathroom. Right during Dynamite, actually. Or uh, what was it? Thursday night. Now, I was watching, I was trying to watch Yellowstone on fucking, uh, on Peacock. You know, I tuned into Yellowstone on Peacock, man. I'm in season three in the middle of the season. I go to watch Peacock on my night off with a fucking cold beer. And then I turn on Peacock and I go to Yellowstone where I left off on the last episode. I hit resume and all I hear is Spanish. I heard Spanish commentary coming from the fucking Yellowstone show. No option to flip it back to English. I was pretty fucking pissed, man. That was my that was my Thursday night. But Ronda Rousey is drowsy, Ronda Rousey. Oh well. I punched my ticket to WrestleMania. <laughs> Charlotte Flair comes out. Actually, no, she doesn't come out yet. She brings up how she's a mother. I'm a mother. And while I was studying for my PhD, I was also getting an engineering degree. I wanted to set that same badass example for my little daughter. So that's why I'm back. Michael Cole then brings up Drowsy's accomplishments, WWE and pre-WWE, and asks how winning the Royal Rumble felt. Well, I, I don't dwell, Michael, on, uh, on accomplishments. I've already focused my attention on what's next, and I'm ready to tap out the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Cole brings up how she had one arm tied behind her back at the Elimination Chamber, as she and Naomi defeated Flair and Sony Deville. We see stills and pictures from the match, and Pat McAfee talks about how Charlotte Flair focused on hurting Rousey's knee in the match that she's had reconstructive surgery on 10 times. So, nice little tidbit there by Pat McAfee. Charlotte Flair comes out, and she, uh, she databases her way down the fucking aisle. She takes the microphone and she is commenting on how fun it was to give Rousey a little taste of a comeback last week. She comments on Rousey having one arm tied behind her back. I don't know the definition of tied. Rousey's arm was not tied behind her back. It was more flailing around like, like this. Not like this. Like this. 
right in front of her, where she still had absolute use of her of her arm. But this will not be the same thing at WrestleMania, says Charlotte Flair. And I plan on locking in the figure eights to retain my championship. You can see how fucking exciting this promo was. Flair says for the first time in Rousey's life, she will scream for mercy and tap out. And that means Flair will retain the championship. Flair says the silver lining for Ronda Rousey is that you'll get to go home and create and manufacture baby number two. Maybe I will not instill a computer virus in baby number two. This was fucking dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I didn't know whether to fall asleep or fucking go do something else around the house, man. I was desperately trying to find something new to do. There's only so much cat litter I could sweep up. There's only so many dishes I can put in the dishwasher. There's only so many times I can wipe down the kitchen counter that I already wiped down after I ate dinner earlier in the evening. You know, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair are taking precious time away from me playing Witch Queen. But I got to sit here and fucking take notes and look at this shit and talk about it in front of you guys. And here I am struggling to stay awake with Ronda Drowsy and Android. This is your WrestleMania main event. Awful. I don't know who the fuck is interested in this, but Jesus fucking Christ, man. You must be the boringest fucking person on the face of God's green earth if you enjoy this fucking match. This shit is going to absolutely fucking fail in every sense of the word. I'm telling you right now. I would be shocked if this match comes off as a good match. I think by that point, people will be so fucking disinterested, all they'll be wanting is Roman versus Brock. I don't feel any fucking pity for anybody that spent money to go to WrestleMania. You you may be the dumbest fucking idiot I've ever seen. We got another New Day versus Los Lotharios match. They're not really calling them the New Day. They're not calling them the New Day anymore. It's Kofi Kingston and and, uh, Big E. They don't have Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods is not there. When he comes back, I have no idea. I will say this, though. I will say this, though. The Lethal Lovers, Los Lotharios, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they do have very good chemistry with the New Day. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Kofi Kingston and Biggie. They got great chemistry with Kofi Kingston and Biggie. This is the third time, and this is why I say end the brand split. That they got great chemistry, even though it's the third time we've seen this match on SmackDown in as many weeks. I'd like to see an actual tag team division. WWE doesn't really understand and realize that some of the teams that they actually have on their fucking show, like Los Lotharios, The New Day, they got Viking Raiders, Uso, Street Profits, Alpha Academy. If WWE actually merged the fucking divisions and ended the brand split, they may have a fucking tag team division that's worth talking about. I don't understand how anybody can legitimately look me in the eye and tell me that the brand split would be bad for WWE. You're okay with four fucking teams in one division on one show? You're okay with the same match like this happening three weeks in a row and nothing's on the line? This was a very good match, but we saw very good matches the last two weeks. 
This was no better than what I saw last week. In fact, last week's was a little bit better, in my honest opinion. They did the kiss cam tonight. They went up and pointed around, and then they found this really pretty girl in the front row who actually was Kayla Sparks. She is a 15-year veteran on the independent scene. She works with Thunder Rosa at Mission Pro Wrestling, I believe, and has done work with Thunder Rosa at Mission Pro Wrestling. And she was actually front row for SmackDown tonight, and she also appeared on Rampage wrestling Serena Deeb tonight in the Professor's 5-Minute Challenge. So she may actually be the first woman in pro wrestling to appear on Rampage and SmackDown at the very same time. Or in in the same night, I should say. Not at the same time, but in the same night. So congratulations to her, I guess. She's got some sort of record. She owns a record that is all to herself. So they did this kiss cam, and they were doing their thing in the entrance. Biggie beat down Humberto with some forearms. Kingston leapt over Big E and landed on Humberto for a near fall. Kingston then ended up on the apron, but Angel caused a distraction. Humberto took advantage, knocked Kingston off the apron. Angel Garza took off his pants, ripped off his pants like he usually does because he's a lethal lover. So they were in control. Humberto slowed the pace down with a chin lock, which is the typical WWE thing to do. Let's slow a match down. We got to do a chin lock. Got to get the formulaic chin lock spot in the match. Everybody does it. Kingston fought back, hit a double foot stomp on Angel Garza. Biggie got the hot tag, caught Humberto with a belly-to-belly suplex. He followed up with a splash, set up for the big ending. Humberto escaped, took it to Biggie with a super kick, had him rocked for a little bit. Kingston went for the SOS, but Angel Garza sent him to the floor. He followed up with a suicide dive. So, during the New Day's entrance, Big E rode an ATV down to the ring. So he rode it around the ringside area. He parked it right by the ramp. So you got this ATV sitting out by ringside. And Angel approached the ATV, but Kingston cut him off. Big E then gave Humberto a belly-to-belly suplex on the floor. So Kingston went for a springboard clothesline. Angel caught him with a super kick off the springboard clothesline. Big E, then on the outside, jumps on the ATV. He is threatening to run over Humberto Carrillo with the ATV. Garza, like a fucking dumbass, is begging Big E not to do it. He gets distracted, and he got beaten because of this stupid, childish, ridiculous distraction on the outside. Kingston took advantage. He attacked Angel. New Day then together saw the opening for the midnight hour. One, two, three, and the New Day get their victory again over Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Los Lotharios. Good match. What does it mean? It means the New Day beat them twice in the last three weeks. And Los Lotharios got one win over the New Day. They're lucky they got that. I don't need to see this match again. When the time comes and it's maybe a championship match somewhere down the line, I don't want to see it then. You've burned yourself out on this match having happened three weeks in a row. But this is the joys that we get as fans when you have four fucking teams 
in your tag team division. And nobody wants to rectify the fucking problem. They operate and they run their show as if this is not a fucking problem. I see it as a very, very big problem. I don't want to watch a wrestling show that I obviously watched last week and the week before that and the week before that. It's like watching a fucking rerun. You know what happens during reruns? You change the fucking channel. Sheamus. He was backstage. And he was with Ridge Holland. So they're back there. And they stop Biggie and Kofi Kingston on the ATV backstage. They taunt the New Day and Sheamus calls them out for a fight. Saying that they'd have to use the four-wheeler to carry their asses out. Biggie and Kofi drive off, frustrating Sheamus and Holland. So it looks like the New Day are moving on from Los Lotharios to the Irish guys. So they go from Mexico to Ireland. They go from tacos to Guinness. They go from empanadas to fish and chips. You get my point. Backstage, we got Adam Pierce. I completely forgot to mention because I was joking around a little bit too much. Uh, Sonya Deville actually attacked Ronda Rousey in the open of the show. And Charlotte Flair took her knee and rung it around the steel post on the outside. This was all facilitated by Sonya Deville. So Adam Pierce was backstage with Sonya Deville watching what she just did to Ronda Rousey. Pierce is not happy about this and says due to Deville's actions, Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville will wrestle in the main event next Friday on SmackDown. Pierce says there's no way out of it. There's no changing it because the match has already been, been approved by upper management. Great. Now we get to see Ronda Rousey not only fucking stink it up in a promo, but stink it up in a ring against Sonya Deville. Great. I can't wait. The Usos, they were backstage. They were uh, getting ready for an interview with Brillo Head. Oh, he's not really Brillo Head anymore. He's fucking uh, cue ball, Mr. Clean, Sam Roberts. Now, you talk about a fucking shill, man. Holy shit. You thought Peter Rosenberg was a fucking shill, man. Sam Roberts is the ultimate WWE shill. The guy won't have anything negative to say about the fucking company. I mean, why would he? They're supplying him with the fucking additional paycheck every week. Sam Roberts is backstage with the Usos. He brings up tonight's WrestleMania 38 contract signing with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And Jey Uso says it's for the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. This is not the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. I'm sorry. WWE can promote it as that, but it's not the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Give me a break. Until next year when we get Roman and Rock, that'll be the biggest WrestleMania main event of all time. So... Jimmy Uso says the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns will put that work in on WWE Champion Brock Lesnar like they will do to the Viking Raiders. So they start talking trash about Ivar and Eric. The Viking Raiders show up. They attack them, demanding their title shot, which is announced. Not for WrestleMania, but it is announced for next week on SmackDown. We got the Usos and the Viking Raiders in a tag team title match next week on SmackDown. The match that they were supposed to have at the Elimination Chamber, but WWE flew them all the way out there to not give them the match and only do a pre-match attack that canceled the match that was supposed to take place Saturday, only to do it back in the States two weeks later. Imagine flying four guys out there to not wrestle 
while they were on the plane thinking that they were going to wrestle? Awful. Awful, awful, awful fucking company. Megan Moron, his new backstage interviewer for WWE, Megan Moran, got a better fucking choice in uh, having fucking Billy the fucking dummy fucking interview somebody. Jesus fucking Christ, man. This woman was completely oblivious. Sounded like an android. Maybe she took interviewing tips from Charlotte Flair. She was backstage with Zia Lee. Zia Lee says she's waited for this moment her whole life. Wow, you wrestling on Friday Night Smackdown. You waited your whole life for it, huh? You got a rude awakening coming to you, honey. A rude awakening. Let me tell you something. Bruce is not a fan. Bruce Pritchard is not a fan. Please, I'd love for you to fucking come to me with somebody else that was a Chinese-born athlete. I want you to tell me how successful they were under the leadership of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. I'll wait. I'll be fucking in the grave before you come up with somebody that was actually successful under Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. Not going to happen. She's always wanted to compete on SmackDown. She's worked so hard in NXT. She's nervous but also confident because she is the protector. And tonight, Natalia will need protection. Zia Lee versus Natalia. This really wasn't much of anything else. I expected this to be uh, a lot longer, but it is Zia Lee's first match. You, you guys do realize that Zia Lee was drafted to SmackDown from NXT back in October. She's made two appearances on the show. One was helping Naomi when Natalia and Sony Deville were uh, instigating some shit. Yes, that's how far the Naomi and Sony Deville thing goes back, and we're still dealing with it now. She got drafted to SmackDown, had that one appearance, and then the other appearance she made was coming out of the locker room where Natalia was losing to uh, Aaliyah in 3.16 seconds. This was her first match on SmackDown. Her first match on SmackDown since October. And you mean to tell me that WWE has fucking plans? WWE has plans for Xia Lee? I, I don't see the, the, the excitement. Where's the excitement here? Why should I be excited about Zia Lee? Oh, why? Why am I going to be excited for Zia Lee with the lightning and the fucking thunder and lightning? And she looks like she's about to walk through the fucking portal in Mortal Kombat. And Lord Raiden is going to be there. And she's going to uh, fight Shang Tsung in the finals of the fucking Mortal Kombat. Give me a break. This shit sucks. Was never a fan of Zia Lee in the be- in the beginning of NXT. Was never a, Z- a Zia Lee fan as she progressed through NXT. Never understood it. Now she's on the main roster, and everybody wants to say, "Oh, we got new talent. We got Zia Lee, right? We got Zia Lee over here." Give me a break. Zia Lee and Natalia had a I uh, got a little little decent match here. Nothing to cry home about. Nothing to rant and rave about on social media. Fans were dead for most of it because. Nobody gives a shit about Natalia, and nobody knows who Zia Lee is, right? They'll blame this one. Bruce will blame this one on Zia Lee. Nobody knows who she is. Why did she get no reaction? Why wasn't she over? Well, I don't know, Bruce. You introduced to the TV about, what, six months ago? And then took her off TV only to re-emerge Zia Lee in front of fans with no video package, no hype package, no mention on TV. 
It's a great job you do there cultivating talent, Bruce. Man, oh man, where'd you learn your skills, bro? Natalia threw Zia Lee in the corner. For some reason, they showed Shayna Baszler, Aaliyah, and Drew Gulak with Mansoor backstage watching the monitor. The catering crew, pretty much. They were waiting for one of uh, Titus's uh, big chocolate chip cookies. They were all going to share it. Coming out of the oven. Dana Brooke was like, hold on, guys. I I need another minute or two. Go watch this match. Then come back and let it cool off, and then we'll all cut this big cookie like a pizza. Big one, one big cookie pizza backstage. Right out of the oven. Fresh. Piping hot. Dana Brooke. Gotta love it. You know, she got a lot of time on her hands now that Reggie dumped her. So Natalia threw Lee in the corner. She landed on the second turnbuckle. Zia Lee avoided Natalia, caught her with a drop kick. Natalia recovered and slowed the pace down with not a chin lock. She didn't slow the match down with a chin lock, but it was an abdominal stretch. I don't know why you gotta slow the fucking match down. The match barely went four minutes. The fuck are you slowing down? So Zia Lee worked over Natalia's leg, threw her across the ring with a suplex for a near fall. Natalia fought back, went for the sharpshooter. But Zia Lee escaped. Lee then hit a spinning heel kick for the win. Fatality. Zia Lee wins. There you go. When's the next time we see Zia Lee, Bruce? What, what, what day is it? It's February 26th, Saturday. Next time we see Zia Lee, maybe April 15th. Cut. Budget cuts. Goodbye. Nick Khan's like Zia Lee. How do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce that? Exia? Zaya? How much is she making? How many TV appearances has she had? Ah, get rid of her. Guarantee that's coming. Natalia loses to Zaya Lee in four minutes. Sami Zayn. Celebration with the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn's in the ring. He's dressed to impress tonight. Big celebration because he beat Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental title. He beat Shinsuke Nakamura. And what, what do you think Nakamura? What do you think Nakamura is doing now? You think he's going back after the Intercontinental Championship? You think he's gonna have a word with Sami Zayn? No, he's out, he's out doing fucking uh Ford fucking truck commercials. F-150 commercials, this guy's doing. It's unbelievable. Him and Rick Boogs now doing fucking car commercials, man. How much money are they making from this fucking a- advertisement? From the, from the car commercial. He'd rather go do that and, and drive around the fucking uh, West Coast with, with Rick Boogs instead of going back for the Intercontinental Championship. Re- really great. Really great. Uh, he values the IC title so, so much, does Shinsuke Nakamura. So, Zayn says the title is finally back where it belongs. He goes on about the conspiracies against him, Sami Zayn, and where he's finally at now, but then he complains about how the balloons in the ring apron... Aren't the colors he wanted, but he says, I'll deal with it. Oh, well. Zayn insists they will persecute him any chance they get, but now he knows he can get over no matter what they throw at him. Sammy screams to the fans to show him some respect as he's the new intercontinental champion, but they give him the Stone Cold Steve Austin what treatment? I don't think Sami Zayn deserves a what treatment. Sami Zayn's probably one of the most entertaining fucking guys on this show. Sami Zayn says he's happy to give Nakamura a rematch, but he's still picking up the pieces of his kneecap somewhere, which Sami Zayn shattered. 
Zayn says, unlike Nakamura, he's happy to defend this title against all comers, anyone who's brave enough to step in the ring against him. Sammy says, now that he's got that out of the way, let's get down to the festivities. And then out comes Johnny Knoxville of Jackass. Now, I haven't seen the Jackass movie. I probably will end up seeing it at some point because I find that shit to be uh, kind of entertaining. Stupid, but entertaining. Johnny Knoxville in, in Jackass, I find entertaining. Johnny Knoxville in a WWE ring, a wrestling ring that is meant for actual professional wrestlers. Johnny Knoxville does not belong. So he's out there. He takes the microphone. This Johnny Knoxville got a bigger ovation than most of the, the active roster tonight. That's sad. What's coming up and what I'm about to tell you is even more sad. So he's out there, and Sammy gets to stand face-to-face with Johnny Knoxville. He says, Knoxville got his reaction, so why are you out here? Knoxville says Zane crashed his Jackass Forever movie premiere, so he's here now. And Knoxville says, hi, I'm here to crash your uh, celebration, Sammy. Zane says they can talk later, but for now, he's going to ask Knoxville to get the hell out of his ring. Knoxville thought he heard Zane throw down a challenge for the title, so let's do it. So fans pop, and Sammy Zane begins to get angry and more angry and more angry. Zane thinks it's over and says apparently Knoxville doesn't learn. Sammy says he told Knoxville this, but I'm going to say it again. You don't belong in this ring. I'm glad that Sammy Zane and most of us feel the same way and see eye to eye. Sammy gives Knoxville some credit for getting in his head, but says he can see through this bullshit and it won't work. Knoxville asks Sammy if he wants to be a fighting champion or does he not have balls enough? So the fans then start a chant of no balls to Sammy Zayn. So they toss their microphones down. They face off in the middle of the ring. They start trash talking each other. Sammy says he's not going to fight, but then walks past Knoxville. He does the, the, the prototypical heel thing. Fakes leaving the ring only to ambush him and attack him. And that's exactly what he did. Sammy beats down Knoxville, leans into him, and gives him not one but two big boots in the corner. His Hiluva kick in the corner. That puts Knoxville down. Sammy raises the title in the air. Some of his balloons as the boos get louder. And Sammy taunts Knoxville some more as he exits the ring. You know, I, I grew up watching World Wrestling Federation. I think all of us kind of know back in the day how cool wrestling was, these larger-than-life characters, right? We go from Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. We go from Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10 at Madison Square Garden in one of the greatest matches in the history of this business. From that to Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. We get Mr. Perfect, the ultimate warrior, Bret the Hitman Hart, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, and everybody else that held that fucking title. Ravishing Rick Rude. You name it. Legends. People that I grew up watching, idolizing. 
wishing that I could touch that title. The Intercontinental Championship was the one championship in the entire company that I watched, watching this shit in my mother's basement, on the, on the fucking basement floor, watching this shit, and I seen Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect come out, or Bre- Bret Hart come out, and they're wearing that beautiful old-school Intercontinental Championship. It's glistening in the goddamn spotlight of the arena. That was the title that I always wanted, and I always looked at that more so than I did the WWF Championship. I watched them. I saw what that title meant and what it meant for somebody's career. I watched it go from the Workhorse Championship to the fucking hardworking Man's Championship to the Pro Wrestling Championship to now nothing more than a fucking joke. And this is why I say the shit that I do and I get angry when I see this shit on my television. Johnny Knoxville is a D-list movie actor. He's not even a movie actor. He's a fucking stuntman. 50 years old. The guy had a brain hemorrhage a year and a half ago, and WWE was allowing him to be in a match at WrestleMania. Yes, against one of the safest workers in the business, but a match at WrestleMania. Somewhere, Ravishing Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect are rolling over in their fucking graves at the thought of Johnny Knoxville getting an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And this is up and down the WrestleMania card this year. This WrestleMania is supposedly stupendous, is the goddamn cheesy fourth grade tagline that Vince McMahon has tacked on to WrestleMania. It's the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. After listening to this and seeing this, it went from, stu- it was never stupendous, by the way. It is horrendous. WrestleMania 38 is horrendous and not stupendous. I am legit disgusted that the championship has fallen so far from where it was when I was a child. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody's child in this crowd and them watching this and this is the only thing that they know of the Intercontinental Championship? Their mind would be fucking blown if you showed them what the title actually was 20, 30 years ago. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Randy Orton. I mean, Johnny Knoxville is getting an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. And like I said, the thing is, you look up and down this WrestleMania card, Ronda Rousey, part-time. Johnny Knoxville, not even a pro wrestler. Bad Bunny was at WrestleMania last year. He excelled at what he did because he actually fucking put work into what he was trying to do. I don't see that same thing happening with Johnny Knoxville. Pat McAfee's going to be in the ring. For all we know, Vince McMahon's going to be in the fucking ring. Shane McMahon was supposed to be in a match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming out of retirement, supposedly, during the third week of March to set up a feud with Kevin Owens. This WrestleMania is fucking so bad. So bad. And you know what it is? It's it's a fucking entertainment company. I get it. And I shouldn't complain. But the prestige and the glorification that these titles had back in the day are no more. I merely sit here watching this WrestleMania show five weeks from now with a smile on my face. Not because I'm actually enjoying the show. It's because I get to sit here in front of 6,000 people on Saturday and Sunday night on April 2nd and April 3rd. Because I know I'm going to make my money. And the worse WWE is, the more money I'll make. The worse WWE is, the more people will watch. 
So I'm trying to look at this as a positive. But Johnny Knoxville getting an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania is one of the biggest embarrassments that I think this company has ever gone out and done live on television. Sami Zayn was backstage with Adam Pearce after this attack on Johnny Knoxville. Zayn apologizes for attacking Knoxville. Ricochet, another loser on this show, comes up and says he wants to challenge Sami Zayn, being that you want to be a fighting champion. I want to shout out that Intercontinental Championship. Now, this should really be the match at WrestleMania. Johnny Knoxville is getting a match at WrestleMania over a guy like Ricochet. Just throwing that out there. Ricochet is challenging Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn says, take a number. Take a number. Get to the back of the line. Take a number. And Adam Pearce says, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I I actually like this match. I'm going to make it for next week. We're going to do Ricochet versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title next week on SmackDown. Great. The WrestleMania match that should have been is now being uh, done on SmackDown in light of Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville happening at WrestleMania. Great job there, Vince. Great job there, Vince. 100,000 people will be paying to see this show live. I pity none of you. None of you. Awful. Sasha Banks. She's back on the show. Good to see the boss, Sasha Banks. She wrestled Shotzi. No, not Yahtzee. Shotzi. I'd like to take a couple of Shotzi's after this fucking show tonight, I'll tell you that. Shotzi Blackheart. Sasha Banks got a ring entrance. They announced her as a multi-time women's champion, former women's tag team champion, and all these other accolades. And she got a ring introduction. In the ring, Shotzi was walking around like a dumbass. Shotzi got no ring introduction. She got no ring entrance. She was just there. We call this, folks, the jobber's entrance. Shotzi Blackheart got the jobber's entrance on SmackDown. I mentioned this during the live broadcast tonight on Twitter. Shotzi, after tonight, no question, you can quote me on it, save the video, highlight it, put a little asterisk next to it. You can come back to this in about uh, eight weeks. I'll give it two months. Nick Conman, you know, the president of WWE, who's got more power than Vince McMahon nowadays. Nick Khan, the WWE president, will be undergoing more budget cuts. It's about time. Last time we saw budget cuts were in, uh, what was it, November? That's December, January, February, March, April, May. I give it to about May. Every six months or so, we see this budget cut bullshit happen in WWE. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, man. It's like me putting fucking... Uh, uh, a chip on on black at roulette. Boom. Right there. Shotzi's getting released in WWE. Shotzi six months in from the last budget cuts. May, I'm calling it. Shotzi is going to get her termination papers from WWE. What an absolute fucking waste is Shotzi Blackheart. Do you want to know why Shotzi's being wasted? Has anybody ever thought why Shotzi's being wasted? Shotzi's got a great look. Shotzi is a beautiful woman. Shotzi's got green hair. Shotzi's got tattoos all up and down her body. Shotzi is a Triple H girl. Shotzi was hired by Triple H and William Regal. William Regal, who was fired from WWE just a couple of months ago. Actually, not even a couple of months ago. About uh, six weeks ago, right? Or probably less than that. William Regal fired from WWE, fired from NXT. William Regal was NXT. 
Why was William Regal fired? Because he was a Triple H guy. Everything that Triple H has done in this company has been eradicated. Done. Even him, himself, Triple H, has been eradicated, removed from power. All of his management team, gone. Road Dog gone. William Regal, gone. Scotty Tuhati at the Performance Center, gone. Brian Kendrick, gone. They're all gone. I'm surprised Matt Bloom is still there. I'm surprised Shawn Michaels still has a fucking job here. To be quite honest with you, I'm surprised Jeremy Borash is still here. They all worked backstage in NXT and made NXT what it was that I loved it dearly. I'd show my fucking non-wrestling friends what I, what I actually watch. Oh, you watch that WWE shit? I'd show them NXT and they were fucking blown away. Blown away. My brother hates pro wrestling, but he watches it because he knows that I do it for a living. Here. But I showed him NXT. He's like, the first thing he told, I'll never forget, when my brother Frank watched NXT with me, he's like, why aren't they doing this on the main roster? Beats me. I don't fucking know. Why aren't they? Because it's better than what Vince is doing, and Vince will never admit that, and Vince will never do it, because then he'd be, he'd be pretty much conceding. He'd be defeat, defeated by his own son-in-law. Shotzi is getting released because she has close ties to the old NXT and she's getting buried for it. Sasha buried her tonight. Three minutes, not even three minutes. It was like two minutes. Two minutes. Shotzi and Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks wins with the bank statement and that was pretty much it. Banks had the early advantage. Shotzi took over for a little bit. Uh, Meteora by Sasha off the second turnbuckle. Shotzi was on her knees and lifted... Sasha Banks in the air. Banks came down, hit a code breaker, followed with the bank statement, one, two, three, and that was it for Sasha Banks. Naomi. Naomi came out. Naomi got an entrance, but Shotzi did not during this match. Naomi came out and sat by commentary. She got a ring entrance, and Shotzi did not. After the match, Naomi jumped in the ring and posed with Sasha Banks. Sasha's there dancing, right? Naomi's got this outfit on. She legitimately looked like a circus clown tonight. She she had circus clown colors on tonight. But I love Naomi, so I don't really, I, I don't want that to come off negative. The thing is, she took the microphone and said, fans, you guys are looking at the next women's tag team champions. The fuck does that mean? Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to be the next women's tag team champions. So now we're teaming up two women who aren't a legit tag team. Teaming up Sasha Banks with Naomi. And this is their WrestleMania match. uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Zelina Vega and Carmella is your WrestleMania tag team championship match. This is the best you got for Sasha Banks. That's the best you got for Naomi? I- I'm sorry, what, what happened to the Naomi-Sonia Deville feud? Yeah, Naomi got her victory over Sonia Deville, but WWE should have ended it at that. They really should have ended it right there. But then they proceeded to continue to build Naomi and Sonia Deville and pair Naomi with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair with Sonia Deville. So they continued this match into Saudi Arabia, into the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view last Saturday. But where is the conclusion? Was that the conclusion? Did we really need that match? Why isn't Naomi and Sonya getting a match at WrestleMania? Why do we need to include Sasha? 
Can you imagine being Sasha Banks, the legit best female pro wrestler on the main roster? And she's getting a, a WrestleMania match for the tag team titles that are worthless. Absolutely worthless. Nobody wants them. Nobody cares about them. There's no tag teams in the division, so I don't know why you're going to put them on Sasha and Naomi to have the same fucking result as now you see them with the titles, uh, Zelina Vega and, and Carmella. Well, what are they doing with the titles? They haven't even fucking defended the titles since they won them. So that's what you're going to do with Sasha Banks? I feel bad for Naomi. Naomi should really be getting the shot at Charlotte at WrestleMania, not Ronda Rousey. This is the best you got. Couldn't come up with anything else. Couldn't get Lita or Trish to come back for WrestleMania and wrestle Sasha. Couldn't have Io Shirai say, fuck NXT, bring up Io and have Io versus Sasha at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, they may be too good of a wrestling match. They may may actually put everything else on the show to shame. If you bring up Io from NXT and put her on the main roster against Sasha Banks. Anything would have been more creative. Anything. And WWE did nothing. I feel bad for Sasha and Naomi. They both look like clowns, legitimately. Drew McIntyre, he's continuing his feud with Mad Cat Moss. They, they showed the replay from the Alabama Slam that McIntyre delivered on Mad Cat Moss twice. I had to look away. I, I, I legitimately don't know how the man was able to stand up on his own two feet. Guy's neck was caved in. Could have been so much worse than it was. That man is lucky to even be fucking alive. Never mind walking. So, Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss discussed Drew McIntyre versus Moss for the Elimination Chamber. They showed Moss landing on his, on his neck and his head. Corbin decided to call an audible and take Moss's place in this match against Drew McIntyre. This match went seven minutes. It wasn't against Happy Corbin, though. It was against Mad Cat Moss. We saw this match on Saturday, and we're getting it again. I don't believe they actually had this guy go out there and wrestle after his neck was caved in on Saturday. So Corbin told Moss to take this match instead. He didn't want to wrestle Drew McIntyre tonight. And they announced Happy Corbin as the undefeated Happy Corbin, which is not true. It's not true at all. Um, McIntyre here wins in seven minutes. I mean, if you saw the match on Saturday, there's nothing different here. McIntyre recovered here after uh, a post-match, or pre-match attack, rather. McIntyre recovered and back Moss into the corner. McIntyre went for the Alabama slam again, but Moss grabbed the ropes to evade it. Moss was in control after sending McIntyre into the barricade on the outside. They fought back and forth, trading some rights and some lefts. And McIntyre rocked Moss with a clothesline, followed up with a belly-to-belly suplex. He set up for the Claymore kick, but Corbin was on the outside. That caused a distraction. Moss took an advantage and poked McIntyre in the eye. He then sent McIntyre into the ring post, hit a DDT for a near fall. Moss became frustrated and hit the ropes. He turned around, McIntyre hit a Claymore kick out of nowhere for the 1-2-3. WWE is legitimately bringing McIntyre into WrestleMania's card against Happy Corbin. Can you imagine being Drew McIntyre and that is your WrestleMania match? That sounds absolutely pathetic. So you can add Vince McMahon potentially being on the card, Pat McAfee potentially being on the card, Ronda Rousey, a part-timer, then you got Johnny Knoxville, and now you can add 
Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin, the most boring character in all of the sport, is Happy Corbin. I actually prefer Mad Cat Moss over Happy Corbin. And Mad Cap is too good for this gimmick. He looks like a legit geek wearing the, the suspenders, and he looks like a class clown. But that's your WrestleMania match for Drew McIntyre. Awful. Lots of bathroom breaks happening at WrestleMania, folks. Get ready. Make sure you're stocked up on your cold beverages or your NyQuil and bring a nice pillow to wherever you may be watching this show. You will be bored out of your mind. I'm telling you right now. The best thing on the show clearly was the contract signing between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Like I said before, I don't want to take up too much more of your time talking about this. This is a unification match. Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar is the WWE Champion. Unification match is now confirmed for WrestleMania. What it means, I don't know. But we will get one world champion. And I've called this from a mile away. I've called this for years. Never mind months, weeks. While everybody else is just catching up to what I'm doing here, I've been calling this since 2016. When are we going to get a unification match? We don't need two world champions anymore. Now we're getting it. Roman Reigns is going to walk out as one champion at WrestleMania. It's the culmination of this two-year build that he's been universal champion. Roman Reigns is going to be the champion. Brock Lesnar is going away back to Saskatchewan to hunt moose. Going back to Canada. He's not going to be on TV till SummerSlam. Roman Reigns will unify the titles, and this was confirmed, and this is the contract signing tonight. Lesnar and Reigns are out there. Lesnar takes the microphone, and, and he addresses Reigns as Mr. Acknowledgements, and then he looks at Paul Heyman and addresses Paul Heyman as Mr. Dick. Lesnar introduces himself as the new reigning, defending WWE heavyweight champion of the world. Lesnar says he must contain himself a little bit here. He admits he's very impulsive, and says if they think for one second those skid mark security guards are going to stop him from jumping over the table and kicking Roman Reigns' ass and Paul Heyman's ass and the Usos' ass, they got another thing coming. There was four security guards out there to maintain order in these, or in this instance, this contract signing, but nothing ever remains in order during these contract signings. Lesnar says he's going to sign this contract because he's kicking their ass at WrestleMania and you can bet He's getting paid to kick their ass. That's a legit shoot. Pierce hands the contract to Lesnar, signs it. Heyman rants about how he's tired of Lesnar. Lesnar starts laughing at Paul Heyman. Heyman says this will not be a unification match because Lesnar won't have the WWE Championship going into WrestleMania because he's losing it next Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Supposedly, Brock Lesnar was supposed to defend the WWE title at Madison Square Garden next Saturday against Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's trying to get cleared for that match. He's trying to get cleared for WrestleMania. I don't know if it's going to happen. The report said that Bobby Lashley would be out for four months. So he may be missing everything this WrestleMania season. Who Lesnar's going to defend the title against if Bobby Lashley's not going to be there? I have no idea. But Brock Lesnar, people are saying this is a hook. It's a hook for what? It's a hook of desperation because WWE only has 55%. Last I checked, 55% of Madison Square Garden sold out for a WrestleMania roadshow in New York City. Sad. Sad that AEW can come into Queens at City Field and sell out the fucking stadium and out the rash, 21,000, and WWE can barely sell out Madison Square Garden in 2022. The tides have changed.
the winds of change continue to be felt. Roman Reigns is going to be the, the universal champion and WWE champion. Lesnar's not losing this championship. No matter who it is against. There's no hook. They want you to think there's a hook because he could possibly lose. He's not losing. He's not losing. This close to WrestleMania, he's not losing. So, Reigns stands up and he goes on about how he's going to smash Lesnar and how this is his ring, his cameraman. Colin McAfee worked for him. The WrestleMania sign is his because he is WrestleMania. Goes on about how he runs everything. And everyone works for him. Lesnar stands up in the ring. He's obviously pissed. Reigns, speaking from the outside, says everyone works for him, including the security in the ring. So they all surround Lesnar and they threaten Lesnar. So what do you think he does? He eats them up and spits them out. He beat the shit out of all these guys. He flips the table over. He starts destroying the large group of security guards that are there. Lesnar swings the, the table. He legitimately picks up the table and smashes it into all these guys. He delivers an F5 to two of the guards, and the bloodline, Usos and Roman, look on from the entranceway, scared and a little bit worried that Brock Lesnar is now enraged. SmackDown goes off the air with Lesnar standing tall in the ring, holding the WWE Championship above his head. SmackDown was largely awful. That was the best thing on the show. I enjoyed that contract signing very much. The rest of the show, completely... Utter garbage. SmackDown is shit every week. Uh, I, the, the, clearly. Clearly. I had 2,800 people on Monday, 2,600 people on Wednesday. There's not even 2,000 people watching me live. I know, based off that, how fucking lame SmackDown is. And the majority of the people think the same way that I do. It's awful. Absolutely terrible, man. We're going to talk about AW Rampage. Got a lot to talk about there. There was a contract signing over there as well between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Revolution ladder match qualifier and Andrade El Idolo versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. And we will talk about Tony Khan's major announcement that is announced for Wednesday on Dynamite. But make sure you guys get those super chats in. It's not last call yet, so you guys can get them on in. And we'll read them at the end of the show. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I got 704 likes. I need 1,000 minimum on today's OTS, SmackDown, and Rampage post show. There's 1,900 people in the venue. I should have at least easy 1,000. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out Off the Script 416 that I uploaded earlier today. Talking about Cesaro walking out of WWE and not being brought back. Where I think he goes, and why I think this is a great thing for Cesaro. And my sponsor for today's show, man, Manscaped, manscaped.com. I'm excited today to get to announce that Manscaped is launching their ultra premium collection. And believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist and now trusted with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com using code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. You guys know about the Lawnmower 4.0. 
that precise trimmer that works below the waist. It's got their advanced skin safe check technology. You guys know the deal about the lawnmower 4.0. I talk about it all the time on the show. Manscaped is now doing deodorant. Not for your balls, though. It's not for your world champions down below. It's for your armpits. Now, we all know wrestling fans smell in general. Not me. Not me, man. I smell good. But wrestling fans in general, man, have you, have you got, ever gone to a show and you, you sit behind a fucking wrestling geek slob? Doesn't shower, hasn't smelled like he showered in six days. His PlayStation 3 controller's got uh, God knows what on it. That type of guy, man. That's the type of guy that needs Manscaped. This deodorant dries clear, aluminum-free, smells like their signature scent. They got their body moisturizer. So if you guys have tattoos or dried skin, that's going to help you feel clean, smooth, and smell fresh. They got their body wash to lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt sour gel. And their two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, man, to clean your scalp with one easy step. Plus, you guys are going to get a three-pack of lip balm with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil for those chapped lips this winter. That's four products and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection, man. So make sure you guys hit up manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. AW Rampage. AW Rampage is also is also a very good viewing as far as AEW is concerned. The quickest one hour in all of pro wrestling is AEW Rampage. They started off with Andrade and Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. This went 12 minutes, no entrances for either guy. They went right to the match. The entrances were available on AEW's YouTube. I don't know why they do that. I find that to be a little bizarre. But I actually like a championship match to have ring entrances. I don't like the show to start like that with guys already in the ring, ready to go. This was a great match. Sammy Guevara is one of the more consistent guys in the entire company, man. Every time he's out there, he has great matches. Every time he's out there, he's getting better and better every single week. Andrade, I don't need to say anything about Andrade because Andrade is a world-class professional wrestler, man. When you talk about one of the best wrestlers on the planet, you're talking about Andrade. I hope that he finally gets to where he needs to be in AEW because it's been way too long for him to be floating around doing not so much. So hopefully he gets on that track and he starts to be utilized a little bit more. So Andrade was in control here. We go to the middle of the match. He was hitting those rolling vertical suplexes, but Guevara countered into a small package on the last one. Guevara dodged a charging knee strike in the corner and Andrade went to the floor. Guevara went for the 450. He missed it and rolled through. Andrade avoided it, followed up with a big boot into the ropes. Andrade hit a slingshot DDT over the ropes. Guevara head first into the ring apron down below. Andrade went to the top. Guevara met him up there, took him to the ground off the top rope with a beautiful Spanish fly off the top rope. This was the second Spanish fly that Sammy Guevara executed in this match. He did one a little earlier in the match. So a Spanish fly off the top rope. Both guys exchanged right hands. Neither got the advantage here. Andrade tried to take the match to the top rope, and he failed. He was going to take the turnbuckle pad off, and the referee stopped him. Hardy removed the turnbuckle pad from another corner because the referee was busy putting the pad that Andrade took off back on. So Matt Hardy removed the turnbuckle pad from one corner, 
Guevara avoided Andrade charging into the corner, went for the GTH, his go-to-hell finish, and Andrade cradled Guevara for a near fall. Andrade had his feet on the ropes, and there was some confusion as to whether Hardy was trying to help Andrade keep his feet on the ropes or push them off. Now, I didn't know what was going on here. Hardy on social media, on Twitter, says he was trying to help Andrade, but it looked like he was trying to keep the match, or or push rather, push the feet of Andrade off the ropes. Because he himself wants to win the TNT Championship from Sammy Guevara. That's the way I envisioned it. So I don't think he was trying to help Andrade here. I, I honestly think Matt Hardy was trying to fuck over Andrade El Idolo here. Guevara went to the top. Andrade caught him, went for hammerlock DDT from the top rope. Guevara slipped out, kicked Andrade's leg out from underneath him, which looked great. Andrade went face first as a result into the exposed turnbuckle that Matt Hardy pulled off. Guevara then hit a double jump cutter off the top rope, got the pin, and Andrade ate that cutter, and it looked nasty. Sammy Guevara wins. Great TV match. He retains the TNT Championship. Post-match, Hardy tried to attack Guevara, but was saved by Sting and Darby Allin. Cassidy in the ring. He wound up eating a coffin drop and a beatdown from Sting and Darby. Darby, by the way, took Matt Hardy out on the outside, propelled himself through the bottom rope, and he blasted Matt Hardy with one of those vicious, cannon-like tope suicidas. Now, the match at Revolution on March 6th apparently is going to be Matt Hardy and Andrade versus Sting and Darby. No, it was it's, it's Sting, Darby, and Sammy versus Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. It's a six-man tag. I would have loved, and I think they may give this a little bit more room to breathe and build. I'd love to see Andrade, Darby, and Sammy in a triple threat match for the TNT Championship. I think that that card is so loaded on March 6th that Tony Khan probably is thinking to himself, I don't need to put this fucking match of the year candidate on this other show with match of the year candidates up and down the fucking show. I may save this for TNT, or TBS rather, I may save this for TBS and Dynamite somewhere after Revolution. He doesn't need to do it on pay-per-view where if you look at Revolution, it's blowing WrestleMania out of the fucking water. So I'm interested in that triple threat match, but I'll take this match this six-man tag that's possibly happening at Revolution, because of how Revolution looks, you can get away with doing something like that as long as those guys are being represented on a major pay-per-view for AEW, seeing that there are only four of them that happen in a calendar year. I like it. I'm okay with it. QT Marshall comes out, and he cuts a promo, and he's talking about Taz and Hook. Hook, obviously, is Taz's son. He yells at Taz because Hook is disrespectful. He's a disrespectful son. Jericho called Hook's fans Hookamaniacs. I don't know how well that's going to get over Chris Jericho. I think you should just sit this one out. I think CM Punk took care of getting over Hook with a catchphrase. So, it doesn't take long for Hook to come out here. Obviously, QT's running him down and talking trash. So... Marshall had some of his students show up to run interference. Things go badly, obviously, as Hook takes all of them out and Hook destroys them all. After he destroys them all, QT Marshall is looking on in disbelief. Hook says nothing. 
Hook doesn't even look at QT. He walks right through the babyface tunnel and into the back. So it looks like if we're getting a pre-show match or a buy-in for Revolution, we may be looking at Hook versus QT Marshall for the Revolution buy-in. That's just my prediction. So we'll see what happens there. But obviously, this is leading to a match between QT and Hook. And Hook is coming along perfectly in AEW. Gotta love how Tony Khan is handling Hook on television. Dan Lambert, men of the year, they were backstage. Dan Lambert didn't really say much. He wasn't uh, as harsh as he has been in the past. Lambert tried to get Scorpio Sky a TNT title ladder match with Tony Khan, or in the ladder match, as he spoke to Tony Khan. He wanted to pretty much bypass Scorpio Sky into the ladder match. Khan said he would only offer him a spot in the ladder match uh, under one condition. Don't know what that condition is. Lambert eventually tried talking Khan into giving Sky a title shot instead. So Sky, apparently, according to Dan Lambert, is not going to be in the ladder match. He's not going to bypass into the ladder match. Everybody else had to qualify. Sky is going to get a title shot before the winner of the Revolution ladder match gets his title shot because the winner of this Revolution ladder match on March 6th is going to get a shot at Sammy Guevara and the TNT Championship. So Scorpio Sky is supposed to get his title shot first before the winner of the ladder match. That is what Dan Lambert is negotiating with Tony Khan. So we'll see what happens there. And Scorpio Sky, he's claimed he's undefeated for nearly a year. I don't know what this is going to mean for Scorpio Sky, but Ethan Page says, listen, Dan Lambert got me my title shots at the TNT title, so I trust him to do the right thing and get you the title shot as well. I trusted in him, and now you should do the same thing. Wardlow. Wardlow and Nick Cormorato. Sean Spears is in Wardlow's corner, and Aaron Solo, Mr. Bailey, or the ex-Mr. Bailey, is in uh, Nick's corner. This match was actually pretty decent. And I love how Wardlow handled himself in this match. Nick Camarado is not a small man by any means. He's a pretty big fucking dude. And Wardlow took care of him like he would take care of anybody else he's been in the ring with, throwing them around, power bombing them all over the place. So Camarado had Wardlow up for a one-handed press slam, but Wardlow escaped and choke slammed Camarado. Beautiful choke slam by Wardlow. Looked devastating. So then we got the Powerbomb Symphony, and Wardlow is doing one of these deals with his hands, and the crowd's eating it up. Loving Wardlow right now. Camarado tried to escape, but Wardlow powerbombed him anyway. So we got... Not one, not two, not three, but four power bombs. And Wardlow took his time, and the crowd ate it up. And Wardlow, again, Nick Camarado is not a small man. He picked him up in these four power bombs and made it look impressive. And Nick Camarado took a great bump on all four of those power bombs, even the choke slam. So good on him. One, two, three. And that was it. I'm not really familiar with Nick Camarado's work. I think he's got a great look. I know he's been on Dark. Some people were like, well, this is not the type of guy you really want in that match. I don't really think of Nick Camarado as more than just a Dark regular. So this is exactly the type of guy that you want Wardlow beating. He's not really somebody that has a place yet on AEW television. Does he got potential? Sure he does. Sure he does. But this is the type of guy that is going to be used to enhance Wardlow because Wardlow 
is going to be a huge future piece of AEW. Post-match, Solo almost got a powerbomb symphony, but Spears hit Solo in the back while Wardlow had him up mid-powerbomb. Cut that off. Spears took the microphone and started to complain to Wardlow. Now, when he had Solo up in the powerbomb, Spears took the chair and... He nailed Wardlow with the chair, and the, the, the sound of it against his hands was ridiculous. So, Wardlow was pretty fucking pissed. That's Sean Spears here. Spears took the microphone and explained to Wardlow that the Powerbomb Symphony is not over. Now, what that means to the idiot out there who doesn't know the wrestling innuendo, that means it's not popular. If it's not over... It's not popular. If it's getting over, it's popular with the fans watching in the crowd and watching at home on social media. Spears tried to convince Warlow, no more power bombs. I think we should cut off and end the power bomb symphony. Meanwhile, while Sean Spears was insinuating this, the crowd was chanting one more time, one more time, and Warlow was just getting pissed and pissed and pissed, and they wanted Warlow to give the power bomb symphony to Sean Spears. You want to know how over Wardlow is? Wardlow is fucking over big time. And it's getting more and more every single week to a point when we get Wardlow to turn his back on Sean Spears, to turn his back on MJF. He's going to be the biggest babyface to come out of AEW that's been built from the ground up. This guy has major baby face written all over him. He looked fucking impressive tonight. And we were fans of Wardlow when AEW started. Wardlow has progressed beautifully from year one to what we see of him in year three. He's going to be a big deal. And he can move around the ring. He looks believable. He's got a great look. And from what I heard, the very few times he's actually spoken, he's got a very good bass and tone to his voice, and he cuts a damn good promo. And it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. Wardlow may end up winning that ladder match. Wardlow may end up winning that ladder match. He's my, he's my personal pick to win that ladder match and get that TNT title shot against Sammy Guevara. Keith Lee's in that match, yeah. Keith Lee is an odds-on favorite. He's just joined AEW from WWE after him getting fired over there. But this is a match where Keith Lee, he can take a loss as long as he's not pinned. As long as he has a good performance, he's not actually being pinned in this match. Will Hobbs, great big guy. He's going to be great, too. He's in there. Orange Cassidy, he punched his ticket to the ladder match tonight. Ricky Starks is in there. Wardlow's in there. Going to be a great ladder match at Revolution, man. Number one contender for the TNT Championship is on the line. But I'm loving what Wardlow is doing, man. Five-minute challenge. Serena Deeb defeated Kayla Sparks. Like I said, Kayla Sparks was on SmackDown tonight in the crowd during the Los Lotharios entrance during their Kiss Cam segment. She's the first woman to appear on both Rampage and SmackDown in the same night, I do believe. Two minutes, no offense here, and Deeb pretty much toyed around with her, Serenity Lock for the submission, and they're continuing this Serena Deeb five-minute challenge. One has to wonder who's going to come out and challenge Serena Deeb and beat her in less than five minutes. It's definitely going to be one of the ex-WWE women, whether it's Tony Storm or Ember Moon or Tegan Knox, Taya Valkyrie, Mia Yim. Could be 
any one of those five women. Could be somebody else. Somebody else that I haven't mentioned yet. But it's going to be pretty fucking cool to see one of those really good women in there taking on Serena Deeb. It's going to be awesome. She beats Kayla Sparks in two minutes. We got the AEW women's title contract signing. This was one of the best things on the entire night for both Rampage and AEW, or Rampage and SmackDown, rather. We got Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Tony Schiavone moderated. Thunder Rosa called Britt Baker a cheater and promised to give the people a better champion. Britt Baker responded that the people only care about Rosa when she's paired with Britt. It's not true at all. But it's Britt Baker. Obviously, she's got to get her point across. Rosa may have won the street fight, but Baker got the t-shirt, the action figure, and the title. You will never be the pillar that I am. Who came out better in that match? Was it me or was it you? Baker cut a great promo here. She carried herself well. She sat slumped in the chair, not really bothered by anything, not intimidated by Thunder Rosa holding the women's championship around her shoulder. Britt looked great. You will never be the face of all elite wrestling. Rosa just stood there and was mouthing off to Britt Baker. Baker then signed the contract. And as soon as Baker signed the contract, Rosa jumped over the desk and tackled Britt Baker down to the ground. Rebel and Jamie Hayter were there to make the save. Mercedes Martinez ran out and helped Thunder Rosa in the process. Martinez took care of both women and sent Jamie Hayter through the table with a spine buster. And Rosa held up the World Women's Championship. Really good segment to set the tone for what is coming at Revolution between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. The only women's championship match that makes sense right now is Britt Baker doesn't have any real legit competition outside of Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa jumping over the table reminds me of what exactly I want her to do if she's having a taco in her vlog with Jesse. A man could dream, a man could dream exactly what I want to see out of Thunder Rosa when she's sitting across the table from Jesse, the Chi-Town smark, that fucking clown. Britt Baker is losing that championship at Revolution. I was talking about this with Jesse on Wednesday. I'm like, is it too soon or is it the right time? There's nobody right now. There's nobody right now that's going to challenge Britt Baker outside Thunder Rosa. The championship needs to change hands at Revolution and we need to have a new face of the women's division. Britt Baker's done all that she could with that championship right now. I'm not saying that this is going to be her only run, but the division needs some serious help. Jade Cargill is mowing through everybody. Serena Deeb's got her own thing going on. She may be an odds-on favorite for the Owen Cup when the women get their portion of the Owen Cup. Britt Baker needs to wait a little bit and have more of these women filter into the company to give her something a little bit more important to do. Right now, it's Thunder Rose's time. I mold with this idea back and forth. Is it time for Thunder Rosa or do we wait till double or nothing? I am in the boat of it needs to happen now. Thunder Rosa being the champion, the women's division in uh, a few weeks going into double or nothing. From revolution to double or nothing, the women's division is going to look drastically different. Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, Ember Moon, Mia Yim, Taya Valkyrie, people that I haven't mentioned that could possibly be coming in, you know. Some of the women on Dark that may be ready to be on Dynamite. 
The women's division is going to look drastically different from what we see now going into double or nothing. It needs to happen now. Thunder Rosa needs to be the face of this division, and it needs to happen at Revolution. There's no use in holding this title hostage on Britt when there's nothing for her to do with that title. It's best to get it off of her and put it on Thunder Rosa and open up a whole new world of possibilities for that women's championship and that women's division. And Thunder Rosa is prime and ready. There's no sense in waiting. You got to do it now. You wait any longer, it's not going to be special. Face of the Revolution ladder match, qualifying match, Orange Cassidy versus Anthony Bowens. This went 10 minutes. The Acclaim's rap was pretty lame. Coming out to the ring, it was a little bit more uh, tame than usual. Not one of Max Caster's best, I'll tell you that. Caster offered Cassidy the mic, and he nailed Caster with some offense. Caster took a swing at Cassidy. Wheeler took him out of the ring. All four wound up fighting on the four. Bowen sent Cassidy into the ring apron head first from an electric chair position. Looked brutal. Cassidy to crossbody from the top. Caster distracted Cassidy. Or yeah, Caster distracted Cassidy, and Bowen hit a super kick. He went for a suplex, but Cassidy countered into a slum dog millionaire stunner. Bowen hit a spinning slam, running knee strike for a near fall. Cassidy hit a Michinoku driver. Cassidy dropped Bowen's to the floor. Hit a middle-of-the-rope dive on both members of the acclaimed. Back in the ring, Cassidy hit a pair of diving DDTs. Caster tried to slip the boombox to Bowens. Bowens hit his inverted Uranagi for a near fall. Cassidy fell to the floor. Caster tried to take out uh, Cassidy with his chain. And all of a sudden, a hooded man was outside. And he was wearing a face mask and a hood. Caster pulls down the face mask and reveals it to be Danhausen. Danhausen then cursed Max Caster. Now cursed, Caster was an easy victim for Cassidy's orange punch. Back in the ring, Cassidy took out Bowens with the same orange punch, and he punched his ticket into the AEW Revolution ladder match, and he will be amongst the field of six. There's one more to go. We got Keith Lee, we got Wardlow, we got Will Hobbs, we got Ricky Starks, and now we got Orange Cassidy. Who's going to be the next man to qualify for this ladder match I'm assuming it will be somebody next week, as next week is the go-home week, Dynamite and Rampage go-home shows for Revolution. So it's going to be very interesting to see what is coming up next. So we got this announcement from Tony Khan, and I mentioned this on today's Off the Script 416. This major announcement is happening on Wednesday. He says he's been NDA'd. He can't talk about it until Wednesday. I don't know what it is. I mentioned a bunch of possibilities. Tony Khan buying the Ring of Honor library. Tony Khan buying out Ring of Honor. Tony Khan buying out Ring of Honor and putting Cody Rhodes in charge of Ring of Honor. And Cody Rhodes stays affiliated with AEW. Or maybe it's just Tony Khan coming to a deal for a super show to take place between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. Or maybe, maybe it's New Japan and AEW for this year's G1, and it's going to be half AEW and half New Japan. These are things that I've been conjuring and thinking of. It could be any one of those things. It is not stupid. It is not outlandish to make topical discussion about what Tony Khan's major announcement is. We're all wrestling fans. We all love TK. We all love what AEW is doing. It's fun, and it's a topical discussion. It could be any one of those things. 
So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. That is confirmed to, to happen on Wednesday. Tony Khan is going to have a major announcement. I don't know if he's going to announce it himself. I don't know if the announcers are going to announce it for him. I don't know. It's going to be a major announcement. He says it's going to be great for pro wrestling. So we will see what happens on Dynamite with Tony Khan's major announcement. And it is the go-home week for both Dynamite and Rampage going into Revolution. The card from top to bottom looks absolutely fantastic. You guys are fantastic, man. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Off the Script, SmackDown, and AEW Rampage. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. But once again, guys, please check out my sponsor for today's show, Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. You're going to use that code SCRIPT20. That is code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Go check out all the other content on the channel, including today's episode 416 of the podcast. Talked about Cody Rhodes, talked about Tony Khan, talked about AJ Styles and his new contract in WWE, talked about Cesaro leaving the company. He's now a free agent. He could show up on AEW Dynamite next Wednesday. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. Let's start at the top, man. What do we got? Eric Newton. It was first in line tonight at the venue. Final Super Chat, AJD, AEW has Owen Hart, King of Hearts shirts up for sale on AEW's website. I just ordered mine. I saw them, Eric. They look beautiful. Good on that, man. The legacy of Owen lives on. Haywood with a $2 Super Chat. SmackDown is the TV equivalent of a hate crime. I would absolutely agree with you, Haywood. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Vince won't end the brand split if Roman is the only one to be a world champion and Vince puts him on both shows. Will the overexposure destroy his character? It won't destroy his character, but it won't make Roman feel as special as he does right now. Overexposure is never a good thing. WWE is just afraid to create new stars, so they're going to overexpose Roman Reigns because he's legitimately the only star that they have outside of Brock Lesnar. Roman is too good for allow for allowing that to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him. Hoyt Reynaldo with a 499 Super Chat. What are they going to call the championship after Roman wins? Will they bring back the big gold belt? No. The WWE championship will be the only belt. Maybe they make a new belt for all we know. Maybe they make a new WWE championship. I have no idea. But it will be the WWE championship, and the Universal Championship should absolutely be retired after Brock Lesnar loses. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. Man, I found out that AEW is coming to New Orleans in April. And once tax refund comes, I'm going. Bro, I'd love to visit New Orleans, man. I have not been. I'd love to go down there and bar hop my uh, my heart out, man. Joshua Simo with a 499 Super Chat. Why can't they do a good WrestleMania in Texas? Because 32 was there too. Bro, Texas is like the plague for WrestleMania. This one's actually shaping up to be worse than 32. To be brutally honest with you. Leo Gallimara with a $2 Super Chat. I'm so glad I did not get tickets to Mania. 
I don't know why anybody in their right mind would go to a WrestleMania. And Issa is in the chat. Good thing Issa wasn't here when I talked about Ronda Rousey. She may not like me anymore. Issa, Roman is going to retire the Universal Championship. He will be the ultimate champion. He will be king of WWE. They need to end the brand split. As soon as that unification happens, the brand split needs to come to an end immediately. Yo, my guys in Corpse Control. What's up, guys? Nice to see my buddies in Corpse Control out here. Go click on their channel, man. They got some really entertaining shit over there. You guys love some comedy zombie apocalypse in New York City, man. Go click on Corpse Control in the chat. Um, Leo, thank you for the $2. D Bastardo with $5 Super Chat. Now, TK's new talent signings are the stories. Make Sam and Andrade match feel more important. Or Sam and Darby. Soft builds to big matches. I need more. Yes, yes. Uh, Issa says that Roman is always the king of her ovaries. Oh, my goodness. I can see why. Roman is, Roman is a handsome fellow. I will say that. Uh, D. Bestardo. Um, yes. Uh, I don't think that we're getting all of these uh, matches to happen at Revolution. Tony's going to take his time with those matches. That's why it's not happening. That's why this triple threat match is not happening at Revolution. It's a very soft build. Matt Kraus with a 9-9 Denon Super Chat. I was at the show tonight. Crowd was hot, probably because of the small venue. The fans pop louder for Charlotte than Ronda. They are probably better off in smaller venues. Bro, Hershey, Pennsylvania is a place I'd like to go. One of my favorite breweries is out there, man. Trogues is out there. I've been to the brewery once. I'd like to spend a little bit more time in Hershey, man. Matt Krause, I appreciate it, man. SmackDown, the, the, the SmackDown crowd was hot? No, I don't, I mean, it, it came off like WWE usually hits the button and artificially produces crowd noise. Jack, with a 199 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on Alexa Bliss? Sucks. If she disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't miss her. Matt Krause with a 1999 Super Chat. Sasha and Naomi are going for the tag team titles. Maybe they're getting rid of the brand split. I don't know how you come to that conclusion. It's only Sasha and Naomi. The tag team titles, Matt, are able to float between brand to brand. So no, no matter what, they want the tag team titles. Carmella and Zelina can show up on SmackDown. They can do that being Raw superstars because they have the tag team titles. Issa's bringing me some Puerto Rican beer. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. Look at that. Issa knows, Issa knows what's up. Brandon Jefferson with a 199 Super Chat. You're a legend. Keep it up, bro. Brandon. I know. BC Stallion with a 199 Super Chat. I won't be shocked if Roman ends with a no contest against Brock. Bro, they're going to do a no contest at WrestleMania in the main event of night two? Give me a break. Roman wins, we see The Rock, and we set up for WrestleMania 39.
Chef Guns with a $4.99 super chat. Laughing my ass off at that Ronda Rousey impression. I broke my hand. I broke my other hand. And then I had a baby. And I wanted to punch my ticket to the WrestleMania main event. Thank you, Chef. KMG with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, do you like Rainbow Six? No. Just curious if you're going to make more videos for the gaming channel. I'm thinking about it. I've been playing my heart out on Destiny 2 The Witch Queen, man. The new expansion came out on Tuesday. I've been grinding like a no-life fucking geek on Destiny. I'm already 1548 light. I don't know what else I have to do, man. Grinding for new weapons and grinding for exotics and getting myself raid ready. It's the only thing I play, man. If you guys want to see that, I'll play that. But uh, not many people are going to be interested on my side of things for, uh, for Destiny 2. It's literally my favorite game. I can spend hours and hours and hours on it and uh, skip every meal during the day. KMG with a $5 super chat. One more question for you, JD. But you are going to do more hate comment videos. Those are hysterical to see all the haters' comments and their delusions. I may do something this week, bro. I may do something this week. We'll find out. Man of a thousand and five holds with a $5 super chat. Rhonda, Charlotte, or Becky? Which one puts you to sleep first or makes you want to mute your television? Becky, no question. Becky's just cringe, man. Becky is just ultimate, ultimate cringe. She's awful. Yo, Savvy with the $5 super chat. JD, the IWC GOAT. Enough said. Thank you, brother. JD Venom with a $20 super chat. Here's an idea. Instead of Cody in control of Ring of Honor, what if Cody is still going to WWE and Shane McMahon is going to run Ring of Honor? That would be industry changing and Vince is going to be on McAfee's show on Thursday. Maybe must see. I'll be tuning into that. I'll tell you that right now. I don't watch Pat McAfee or listen to Pat McAfee, but I'll be tuning into that. For sure. Any idea about Cody running Ring of Honor, man, I like it. I think that's a game-changing decision, but I don't know if that's going to be a thing. That's a little too far-fetched. A little too conspiracy theory for some people. Noah Mason with a $10 super chat. $10 for a perfect 10 impression of Ronda Drowsy and Android Flair. Absolutely brilliant. Had me dying. Always feels great to catch you live, JD. Thank you for the great show as always. Noah, thank you so much for the kind comments, man. Cheers to you. My name is Ronda Drowsy. And uh, I I'm punching my ticket to WrestleMania. Ryolf Wildfire with a 199 Super Chat. Two main event repeat matches at Mania. Only WWE. Yes. This is brand new content, bro. This is brand new, fresh, exhilarating content. WrestleMania looks dreadful this year. Dreadful. Cam G with a five dollar super chat. I just saw that Pat McAfee is rumored to be in a feud for WrestleMania. Hooray! Yes, Cam G. I talked about it earlier, right at the top of the show, bro. Joey Clemenza with a five dollar super chat. JD La Mera Mera herself, Thunder Rosa, in the venue. Did Jesse take off through the back door? Listen, bro, when, when, when Thunder Rosa gets her hands on Jesse, there will be no back door. The doors will be locked. And he's got a nice fucking ass kicking coming to him. Ricardo Linnell with a 499 Super Chat. Eeyore from 
Winnie the Pooh has more charisma than Ronda Drowsy. That's going to be her new name. That's going to be her new name all year, man. Ronda Drowsy. Sounds like she don't even want to fucking be there. The fuck are you here for? I could cut a better promo than fucking Ronda Rousey. I'm probably more charismatic than half of that fucking locker room. Leo Gallimara with a five and a two. How much do you want to bet that they put Sasha and Naomi together to tap themselves in the back at WrestleMania when Team Bad and Bianca are all champs? Probably right on that, Leo. Zelina eliminated Sasha at the Royal Rumble, so they have beef. Oh, yeah? Let me see if they bring that up. Sasha would because Sasha's got a wrestler's mindset. Is Bruce going to bring that up? Probably not. And we got a $2 super chat from The Cake. His profile picture is a slice of red velvet cake with white frosting. If I was Naomi, I'd be livid that Ronda got Sonya. Yes. It should be Naomi and Sonya. They don't understand this, though. Should be Naomi versus Charlotte, to be quite honest with you, at WrestleMania. You know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If there was one review I cut out during the week, it would be SmackDown and Rampage, man. Just an awful night for wrestling. I wasted three hours of my life and then another two hours for you guys. I love you guys. Don't get me wrong, but man, I I wish I was on Destiny right now. In fact, I'm going to jump on Destiny right now until I get sleepy. Mustang is being revved up, guys. I'm getting the hell out of here. I hope you enjoy your Friday nights. I know I will be. I got some grinding to do on Destiny, man. It's going to be a long day tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to have any content this weekend. Maybe. Maybe Sunday. I got to be in Connecticut for business tomorrow. Mustang is going to be uh, passing the WWE headquarters tomorrow. man. Maybe I'll stop. Maybe I'll stop and, and pay Bruce a visit. Yo, Vince, Bruce, what's going on, bro? You guys probably won't see me live again until uh, next week. Next week. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for your love and support, as always. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try and get as close to 1,000 as possible. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Coil Phoenix coming in late with the $10 super chat, man. Popped up right on my dashboard here in the car. Hey, JD and Jesse. You and Jesse should do a live stream of Destiny 2. It would be more watchable than this SmackDown garbage. OTS for life. Coil Phoenix, I think you are correct. But Jesse's too weak. Jesse's not a true guardian like I am. He's over there fucking around, man. I don't even know what light he's at. I think he's at like 1440 or some shit like that. Bro, get with the program. I'm 1550. Ready? Ready for some Grandmaster Nightfalls already, bro. Come on. Fuck you doing? He's over here fucking putzing around. Fotsing around with his little fucking uh, shit auto rifle. All right, listen, man. I'm getting out of here. Enough of me. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so very much. I need two things from me before I get the hell out of here, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. And my VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat if you got them. And number two, when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Guys, I will see you at some point this weekend with some more content. 
Any late-breaking news happens, I'll be there to cover it. Thank you. Enjoy your Saturdays. And I'll see you back live on Off the Script at some point this weekend. I'll see you guys later.